Hi, this is Riggs Eckleberry. I'm with Origin Clear, and I'm looking forward to my second podcast appearance with Devin Miller. But meanwhile, he's asked me this question, this burning question, what would I do with $10,000 to start a new business? And it's very, very simple. Here at Origin Clear, when we developed Water on Demand, which is an investable water asset, we developed a real strength and, and liking for working with regular investors, sometimes accredited, sometimes unaccredited, but regular investors, to build this investable water asset program. And that's what we're good at. And for $10,000, we could get some um, funding raised for something. Now that thing would have to exist. You know, it already had to happen, but we could actually do that. And I think it would work out well. Look forward to seeing you on the podcast. And welcome everyone to the show. I apologize for the delay in starting. We were refining. We have a new model, uh, which is going to be that instead of having these long podcast excerpts, we're gonna, excerpts, we're having short clips. And then as a group of three, the wise three, three wise men, we're going to comment on it for very briefly and kind of go clip chat, clip chat, clip chat. So that's for a bit later. The clip you just saw was something that is... Um, the Inventive Journey podcast, Devin Miller, is having me come on a second time, and um, he likes to have people create these little, um, you know, what would you do if kind of videos. So I hope you enjoyed that. Let's get on with it. And uh, it's nice to see that everybody's here. Gene Tully, glad to see you're here. Thank you very much. Okay, let's party. First of all, Water the Blue Gold, of course, it is uh, the week after Thanksgiving, and we now have the December broadcasts coming up. We'll probably miss the Christmas one, of course, but other than that, so probably about three broadcasts for the rest of the year coming up. Water is the people's asset. Okay. Well, hackers. Oh yeah, baby. All about hackers, right? <laughs> there was some weird hack, uh, cyber attack on a Pennsylvania water system where they were like, had some political message. But the point is they showed that they could get into any water system, which is why you want to decentralize. The internet was created by the Defense Advanced Research Program, DARPA, to um, keep communications going in the event of a nuclear uh, attack, that you would have a lot of nodes all over the place, and that's the internet. Well, we need to create a water net, right? Which is lots of places where the water is treated, not a single place. So that's kind of interesting. Um, continuing here. Oh, yes. But here is something that I want to bring up. Private ownership of utilities sucks. What is this all about? Well, we have a problem here uh, because uh, private ownership has been happening. And let me show you the story about this. Uh, and this is a, a the thing driving up utility bills even more than aging infrastructure and water supply and local regulations. Because what's happening is that big water is lobbying local municipalities to let them just take over the utility and you'll just have, you know, free money. And the way they did this, this is in Pennsylvania communities, but also elsewhere, basically they changed uh, the law that allowed water systems to include essentially the goodwill value, the market factors like worth of the community, which made them worth, worth much more. And as a result, private companies have been buying these things up nonstop. And, um, Big Water tells municipal officials, you're going to get free money. That's a lie. That money is going to be paid for by rate payers, obviously. And here, uh, this is not the whole article, but here's the most interesting thing right here, um, that private ownership 
is the most significant variable. So what does this mean? Well, for us, our position is water infrastructure is failing, but don't sell the central infrastructure to private parties. This happened in wa with wastewater treatment, as you saw, Pennsylvania, but many other states, uh, 20 or 30 states. I mean, there's a lot of states doing this. But also it happened in the UK where they sold the reservoirs to private parties. And guess what? The reservoirs dried up. <laughs> it's like, that was brilliant. So the solution is instead, keep centralized utilities in the hands of government. Why? So they can still supply the fresh water and get industry and agriculture off the grid for the treatment and recycling. Not only does this unburden the public utility, but it creates water reuse, which means more economy of water, right? Which is what we want. So this is a better structure. Let government continue to operate the central infrastructure, but we take the load off by putting the water treatment in the hands of industry and agriculture, which is 90% of all water on water demand in all over the world. All right, meanwhile, uh, commercial real estate, this is a, not a pretty picture. Why? Because we're still suffering from COVID vacancies. It's still about 50% um, places like New York City. And sure enough, this was a story that was back in late October. And there is a lot of non-performing commercial real estate loans. Average rise was 80% from a year earlier. So basically almost a double in non-performing assets uh, from a year ago, which was 2022. So um, a lot of charge-offs. And here's the issue. Small and mid-sized banks are the biggest hurt. This is going to cause problems because these are not protected under the, the too-big-to-fail regulation and Dodd-Frank. And uh, as a result, we're going to see some problems with those banks, and, and they, they may not be uh, rescued. So some real alarm bells in commercial real estate are concerned. This could spread to the entire commercial real estate sector. Something to be watched and for you, I think commercial real estate is interesting. There's all kinds of interesting things going on, but it's very uh, spot, you know, like uh, mobile home parks are good. Housing developments are good. Um, you know, multifamily homes are good, but that's all residential. Commercial, yeah, not so great. All right. Well, that's, you know, I'm not a real, a real estate expert, but I did want to spotlight this. Now, um, something we do know about is commercial agriculture and the issue with droughts. Now, this is a clip that came from the Joe Rogan show. And so I'm gonna start that clip now. So let me just tee it up here. So what, what we have is very cool couple, Will and Jenny Harris, um, who own White Oak Pastures, and they are the pioneers in regenerative agriculture. They've made a huge difference in the marketplace already. Things like organ meats and tallow and so forth, which used to be thrown away, today are being consumed by consumers because it's better food. James Fry says, hello, all, hope all is well. Happy, happy tryptophan recovery week. Yeah, the tryptophan in Turkey. Yes, I dig. All right, so let's have a quick listen and then I'll cut them off at some point because I wasn't able to download it very easily. So I'm just going to go ahead and play it. Here we go. It'll last forever. Right. Now... Uh, that's a cost, and it has a finite uh, period of time. And I'm just not sure how this is all going to work out. The water in the ground, you know, so much of these crops irrigated. So you, I told you that uh, uh, one of them, the, the degraded soil is a half percent organic model. The, the beautiful soil is over five percent organic model. 
1% organic matter will absorb a one-inch rainfall. So the degraded soil will only absorb a half an inch of rainfall. The beautiful organic soil will absorb a five-inch rainfall. So it requires a tremendous amount of irrigation for the degraded soil to make it. Well, we got problems with water in the ground, even in the southeast and certainly in the west. So this, all of these resources we're just using up and using up, and you, it's pissing in your britches to stay warm. Mm. Pissing in your britches to it's stay warm. It's a good short-term so. strategy, but yeah. long-term, <laughs> not what you want to do. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I love it. I'm going to use that one. Pissing in your britches to stay warm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really sad, and it's it's weird how we uh, haven't addressed this, and how this is just something that just keeps going, and going primarily because of the amount of money that's involved, and the amount of money these companies are making by doing things the way they're doing it right now, and the fact that it's subsidized. All right, so this was a really good interview, and I strongly recommend it. Um, if you you can actually go to Spotify and create a free account and watch this um, Joe Rogan episode. Um, but what what this gentleman was saying was that normal commercial uh, fertilized uh, land only has a half a percent <clears throat> of organic material, whereas the regenerative um, earth that they that these guys have has five percent organic material now that small difference takes it from the ability to absorb half an inch of rain to five inches of rain now five inches is a lot of rain you know um and so what you you lose if you if you have this commercial um land the water just runs off right into the rivers it makes these muddy rivers and you've lost you, you create droughts now, on top of that Experts are saying, this is in the interview, that these um, commercial fertilized uh, lands only have 60 years to go, and then it's done. The lands are done. No more. So um, this is a problem. So there's a, a problem with, with, uh, with really managing agriculture, where we've got to go to more regenerative practices. Now, this is not really, strictly speaking, a water treatment issue, but it, it spotlights that there's so much we can do in water to prevent droughts and to have lots of water if we just do these things. And by the way, the food grown in regenerative agriculture is marvelous. It's it's alive. It's real, right? So that's something very, very interesting to highlight. Now, I wanted to show this because a reminder that if you're worried that you're too old to pursue your dreams, remember that Frank Lloyd Wright completed a third of his life's work between the ages of 80 and 92. So just saying, just saying. All right. Um, now, the week before last, we had Tom Marchesella's interview about what was going on. And the, this is something to check out. He was talking about data centers. AI is driving a huge boom in data centers. Microsoft wants to spend more than $50 billion a year on data centers per year. And why is for this um, artificial general intelligence uh, and also uh, generative AI. I'm gonna tell you that what I know about this is trivial, but what I do know is it's driving a vast amount of build out. Now data centers are very water intensive. And so Literally, they're going to have to figure out where their water comes from, and they're going to have to aggressively recycle it. So watch this as it happens. I have a good friend who has been um, building data centers. Uh, he's got a cloud company. And literally, 
they build a data center, boom, they have 100% occupancy. Another data center, boom, 100% occupancy. It's money for money. He just is about to close on a billion dollar ESG fund to because he's he's proven the model. Now I want to mention this that ESG, environmental social governance, is some people don't like it, but I can tell you this: um, there's a lot of money in it. It continues to be a lot of money in it, and the the benefit of water on demand is that local businesses, if they start reusing water, they gain ESG credits, and that's a source of funds for them. So it's a very interesting interlock that we can we'll be discussing further. This whole ESG topic we will be building on. Okay. Well, what about groundwater? Well, um, not a it's not a pretty picture. The uh, this is from the New York Times. Um, it's uh, paywalled, so I'm not going to pull it up. Um, but there's a here's an excerpt from it. Here's what's crazy. And this is a story about what Garden City, Kansas, which manages groundwater five million acres, uh, some of the most productive farmland in America, and they pumped since 1996 enough water to fill Lake Mead twice over. Now, who was elected it? Only large landowners, right? So regular people cannot have no say in the aquifer that has the water that they get. And so vast amounts of water are being are being treated as unlimited resource. And anybody can drill a well. Now, this is a real problem. From Maryland to Hawaii, groundwater levels are falling, often the result of overpumping and underregulation. So water demand is increasing. As well, increased evaporation, decreased precipitation, less water is refilling the aquifers. This is a genuine problem. All right. And speaking of drought, water in the Middle East. Well, that's a really interesting story. Now, I'm not going to have time to really cover this. Um, there's an interview with Peter Koenig, who's an amazingly connected person. Um, and what does water have to do with what's happening in the Middle East today? Really fascinating interview. And what I'm going to do to give it proper justice is I'm going to actually play it next week. It's 50 minutes long. I, I need to uh, take the scissors to it, make it uh, short and sweet and topical for you guys. So stand by for that. I'm going to cover that next week. But water is a major factor. Some would say the it, it's, in this interview, they say it's more important than oil. And oil is super important in the Middle East, and water is more important. So what what's the fighting all about? It's oil, but it's also water. Okay. Um, now, our good friend Steve Santangelo, major supporter of the company, has sent us a Fidelity article about water stocks. Let's take a look at what he sent. Aging infrastructure, which we've, we've been sounding the alarm about this forever, plus extreme weather events, plus pollution. Companies focused on water infrastructure, treatment and technology may be poised to drink up some of the growing demand for water-related services. This article, by the way, is full of water puns. It is what it is. What can I say? So it talks a little bit about what's been happening, but here's, um, and you know, generally these are regular water stocks, which have done well over time. Since 2010, they've gone from, you know, let's say uh, 2000 on the S&P Global Water Index to roughly 5,000 today. That's all right. This is, you know, this is not bad. Uh, it's less of a uh, boom in depression than regular stocks, but they don't grow fast. Why? Because this is regular water. This is not the 
the um, combination uh, that we've created, which is more like water asset uh, play for investors. So, um, but here's the interesting page. Remember, I've been talking about onshoring and nearshoring. Sure enough, recent trends towards onshoring and nearshoring, meaning meaning manufacturing coming back to the U.S., have seen large corporations building facilities closer to their primary markets. Thank you very much. This is what we've been saying, and sure enough, they got a deal with water shortages and water recycling. And also um, strategic methods to advance water management practices. So again, this is now occurring at the level of, you know, fidelity saying this. This this is what we've been saying, despite a lot of people poo-pooing it. Turns out that we're onto something, right? All right. Now we're going to enter the clips and the clips and chat. And so this is that model again. This is a a pilot. But it's we're doing it to make it more make it like be able to create shorts easier. So we'll play a clip and then I'll go off share the the three wise men. And I say wise because that's what we say. We say we're wise. The three wise men will then say something, you know, briefly for no more than a minute. Next clip, next clip, total of four minutes, four clips rather. And they're very short. So let's see, let's see how this works. All right, I'm gonna start right off here with the first. Today, I want to bring up a different topic. So we move away from the usual finance, investment, gaming and Web3, and we take some time to explore something even more important and relevant to all of us, which is water. Joining me on the show is Rick Eckelberry, CEO of Origin Clear. Well, Steffi, it's a great pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Well, it is a really a pleasure indeed, because not often we have the opportunity to discuss, you know, subjects that actually matter, like water. You know what? It's it's um, obviously it's been my life for some years as a total transformation from being in technology. But in fact, I'm so happy that I'm using my technology skills for water. So let's uh, break down the problem. The water industry is in crisis, right? So why we say the water industry is in a crisis? The basic problem is centralization because centralized resources, it, you know, it was, it was the fashion all the way until World War II to think of big central installations for everything. I mean, I spent many years in Los Angeles, and we had these huge dry rivers made of concrete that were built by the Army Corps of Engineers for the, the flood that never came, right? And it's just this massive concept of centralized resources, which is a good idea, except that it does not adapt well to growth, to change conditions. I'm right here in Tampa in a county that is the most populated county in Florida. There's no room for more sewage plants. They can't build more, and yet they need them. So what do you do? And since at least 1960, it's been clear that we need to do something, that infrastructure, the, the most important statistic of all is the maintenance costs have risen steadily since 1960, which means there's no replacement going on. It's just being maintained, maintained, maintained. And funding for infrastructure has dropped. You know, the infrastructure bill, $1.2 trillion early in the Biden administration, only one two thousandth of it was devoted to water treatment. $55 billion, nothing. And in fact, we know that 
water infrastructure in the United States is falling behind by $100 billion a year. Now, I might add, it's not a problem everywhere. I spent a couple of summers in the Lazio region of Italy, and uh, Lago di Volsena, a uh, lake in, uh, in Lazio, is clear as, as crystal. And yet, there are farms all around this lake which go down into the lake. And in America, it would make the lake green with algae. In Italy, they made sure that they properly treated the nitrogen from the farms. And so it's not a problem everywhere, but it's certainly a problem in the United States and, of course, many developing countries. Right. So there we are. That's our first clip. So we're going to bring the three wise men on. And so what we're really... Uh, getting into, and of course, this lady was Italian, so I brought up Lago di Bolsena in the Lazio or the Latium area, which is around Rome, and um, this amazing crater lake with with um, farms going down to the to the lake. And in America, that lake would be green with algae. There, it was limpid; you could drink it. It was astonishing, and I noticed it because, of course, I'm in the water industry. But that that is what we have to do. But more importantly, uh, the, the issue of centralized water infrastructure, we're done with the big, you know, Army Corps of Engineers stuff. Right. Um, I've heard, so what, what I saw in a lot of your, uh, not from that clip, but in some of the earlier stuff, it, it, it's, it's astonishing to me that Fidelity is saying, you know, maybe we ought to take a look at water stocks. Um, it's almost as if someone flipped on a light and people just woke up. The thing that we were screaming about for years and years and years and no one paid attention. They were busy chasing, um, what was it? FinTech, uh, IT, e-commerce, it was EVs, you know, and they got around to the thing that provides all life on earth, which you would think would have some level of priority. Um, but it, it was, it, it's a, again, enormously validating. Now, in terms of Italy, I'm not, I know, I don't know much about it. I do know that a lot of their drinking water is still in stone aquifers that there it's this is naturally clean cleansed by the earth and it, it's mineralized and i also know that uh, italy uh, has outlawed or most of the eu has outlawed the use of things like glyphosate and things Which is like roundup yes right. so they've already got a major major um yeah, I, I, I'm not a, a, a I'm not a a big banning guy or a big regulatory guy, but you know, look, if it's killing people, if it's giving them cancer, I mean, come on, you got it, you know. Uh, and the EU is is you know decades ahead of us uh, in that regard, or, or maybe centuries behind. You know, I think they never went into the industrial thing that we did. No, no. Here's the story: they implemented very strict environmental laws. For example, in Germany, the Reinheitsgebot which is the law about beer, only has three ingredients, right? right. Water, malt, and hops. That's it. And so um, they just made the laws. And they said, that's it, right? In America, you know, corporate, uh, big, big corporations have dominated. And by the way, they are taking over in Italy. I'm not going to get into that whole story. But here's what's really interesting. Italy is doing a good job, but... I suspect that even there, they could have they could use local responsibility by biz local businesses. That more responsibility could be taken. The central model in Europe, frankly, is is becoming very unwieldy. It's very difficult to manage. It's not very adaptable, right? And so, I think that even in a place like Italy that does a good job, we could do 
we can help. But we got a lot going on in North America. Look at the chicken farms in the Carolinas. You know, look at the um, the aquaculture in Washington State. Uh, look at um, all the farms in the Imperial Valley in California. Right. Uh, we covered the Kansas story where they're draining the the aquifer. So we got lots we can do right here, and that's what's exciting. And and I've repeatedly said that if you fix the problem at the source, you're not as concerned with this gigantic central water quality issue, right? Um, this is a result of what? Thousands of locations all dumping effluent into a centralized location. And the centralized location has been asked to figure out how to, how to remove what? The 50,000 contaminants, right? That's just not realistic. So this because it's actually reversing the entire mentality of how we built our water system a century ago. Um, it's really like, guys, you have a great idea, except you're doing everything, you know, backwards, right? So we're, we're just basically turning it around 180, which um, becomes self-evident once you look at it. But, you know, basically steering at a Leviathan, turning a Leviathan around uh, was a bit of a challenge. But the world seems to... Okay, say- we need short sentences because this 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 short just went completely haywire. This is not the freewheeling discussion. This Got is... It. Three minute clip, one minute comments, and AJ, we want you to jump in. I need you to be the to be impolite and jump in. The referee. Listen, I, I, oh, just, I got just I got nothing on this one. I got I got nothing on this one. You guys have said it all. So all right, I'm I'm just letting it go. All right, thank you very much. So um, as you can tell, we're still piloting it because I want Ken to talk at length, but in the final second segment. So we're going to try the next one. So I don't intend to talk at length. I just want him to shut up right now. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Short, and then let AJ have a few words in because if we say everything, then it's perfect. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? What? Okay. What, what? What? We don't need more. It's all well, good. What's the problem? Exactly. All right. Let's let's play with the next one. So there is a problem of um, water treatment, water management, water scarcity as well, because water should be available to everyone. That's everyone. a very important point, because in Ireland, water is free right now. It should be uh, certainly uh, cheap or free. But in fact, in America, we're seeing water rates inflate faster now than the cost of college tuition, which is already going high. Because the government is not really paying for the infrastructure that's needed, it's falling back on the consumers. And here's the problem. 90% of all water demand is by industry and agriculture. Only 10% is the regular people, which leads us to the solution. Because if you can just take industry and agriculture off the infrastructure, off the grid, then the grid is available to service human beings, which is its primary purpose. And then you might have affordable water for everyone. So let's go straight to the question uh, that everybody wants to know. How technology can help to support the water industry. So those problems that we just list, that they can be minimized or you know taken away. Okay, obviously we need technology, but one of the big problems in the water industry is it's very technology phobic, in part because of the public health responsibility. It's normal in a way, but it's an accepted fact that it takes 12 to 15 years for a new technology to be adopted by this water industry and we decided that was too long. So ultimately, we moved towards a more of a structural solution involving finance, involving downsizing of water systems. Rather than core technology, 
which is so hard to get adopted. And that's been the source of our success uh, since 2018. So when we are talking about technology, you mentioned about the problem is centralization of water management. So that makes me thinking, how can you make water management decentralized? Correct. So in 2016, I was converted. I had a moment, I had an epiphany where I was converted to decentralized water. There was a very important research paper by Lux Research that said, okay, decentralized water is the future. And, and I became a very strong proponent. I said, okay, we, we have to decentralize. At the time, nobody, like, what? What are you talking about? It was very, I was very early. But today, it's completely recognized, for example, uh, PepsiCo, uh, the parent company of PepsiCola, has committed to 80% recycling of its own processed water. This is moving very, very fast towards proper self-treatment and reuse. Right. Okay. So here we are with the new trend as I was a prophet in the desert and now it's happening. AJ, what are your thoughts? No, I actually have thoughts on this one. So the, the interesting thing the interesting thing about her question right is how does technology help us it just goes to show how many people don't understand that the technology already exists right the modular water systems is, is doing revolutionary things in terms of how we're packaging this technology and making it turnkey it's not that the water treatment technology doesn't exist what doesn't exist is is a is an understanding that there's a market to raise capital for this decentralization which is what we ultimately do Right. And so it, for me, it's just ultimately interesting to hear people talk about, well, like they always do. How does technology save us? We need to build something new to help solve the problem. No, no, no. We have the technology. We've had it for forever. It's really just about how do we how do we develop it and package it in a way that is actually affordable for people to be able to get a hold of. That's the problem to solve, not making a new technology available to people to solve some magic problem. No, no, no. We have it. We just need to make it available. That's the real problem. It's not only, we, not, we not only have it, it's so it's well adopted, it's sought after. And it's stuff that the engineers that are recommending these things are comfortable with. When you bring them a new technology, you get this, right? I mean, Riggs, Riggs can be uh, the, uh, he can tell you firsthand. I've lived, I've lived the madness. And they said, sure, this is great. Come back to us in 15 years after it's, you know. And I was like, okay. Um, so no, you're right. It, it, it basically, it's the technology is already well adopted. It's well, it's well accepted. It's embraced. It was rethinking. It's like telecom. Telecom worked. It was. It was. It was decentralizing its application that brought it about. Bingo. And so, with that, that was nice and short and sweet. I love it. This is, we're, we're starting to get this thing down. All right. Next clip. Here we go. Decentralization as a general concept has matured, and part of it has to do with the financial side. Now, what we realized was. The first thing we did was we, we had to focus on the problem of downsizing these water treatment systems to a very small footprint inside a brewery or inside a housing development or whatever. And so in 2018, we launched Modular Water Systems, which is our product line, highly standardized, modular, fits in a very small footprint. And that has been doing very, very well, doubling and tripling its business over the years. And it's now become, uh, I think, a key player in the United States. So that's technology side, but that's only part of the issue. The other issue is capital. And so we realized that not everyone has a million dollars for a water system. So why not give them a machine that we own and they simply pay 
on the meter as they're accustomed to. So they're happy with that. And we created an investment opportunity for regular investors to now finally get a chance to invest in water as an asset. And that's become very popular. We call it water on demand. And it's really water as a service. That is, I think, a key part of it. So technology, capital. And then the third part, as you say, is blockchain. Now, the reason why we like blockchain is because let's, let's expand the water on demand concept to a very large operation that is replicated in different countries in the world. Now we have a solution to a big problem that we have, which is there's no worldwide water market. There's no way for somebody who has a risk in Northern California to offset the risk with water in Singapore. It's impossible. So how do you do it? In 2018, I worked on it. I launched a blockchain test called WaterChain. And the problem was that we could not get a standardized price for water. And without the standardized price, you can't trade water. So what we then, through the creation of Water on Demand, now we have each gallon of water being paid for by clients at roughly the same rate because water treatment is water treatment. And now we've established a, a kind of a, a currency, which is that met cubic meter of treated water that somebody has paid for. And as we replicate water on demand in different um, financial centers, taking partners, we, we don't plan to do it all ourselves, it's impossible, but we, we, we would want to have a financial uh, partner in Dubai, in uh, Tokyo, Singapore, etc. they would replicate the water on demand concept. And now in those countries, each gallon is being monetized. And so ultimately it creates a market. Wow. We're talking about the fintech, right? So we've moved beyond the technology downsizing and we've moved toward the concept of, okay, how do we monetize it? How do we create markets, et cetera? And the building block is, first of all, water on demand itself, the paper gallon, exporting it, and then creating fluidity. And that I, there was a lot implied in that clip, but I'd love to have your reactions. No, I, I think it's a I think that's one of the, the biggest gaps that we hear people talk about. Even when you go on, on various shows and podcasts and talk to people about what this is and how it works, right? There's always this natural kind of push for people to go back to personal and they kind of think about, you know, the utility side of water, not the treatment side of water. And I think putting that into, into that cubic meter of treated water kind of metric and making that the focus really helps to bring in bring that to the forefocus and say, no, 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 the market's about the treated water. Right. And the fact that you can standardize it because, like you said, water treatment's water treatment. Right. All of a sudden that starts to make a lot of sense to people, right? You know, uh, going going and getting filling up my tank is filling up my tank. The cost of gas is the cost of gas. Well, the cost to treat the water is the cost to treat the water. And that's how the market dictates. That makes so much more sense when you're able to put it in that context than just try and explain people even just the concept of, of decentralizing the water. That starts to give it some some legs, is what I'm saying. It's also the only way you can feasibly commoditize it, right? right? Um, because a gallon of water costs far more in Bakersfield than where you and I live, uh, AJ, where it rains every 14 minutes, right? I can't um, imagine so why. It, it's, it's, the, it's the service of restoring water to its natural state, right? To, to a state that's dischargeable, where it's universally can be reabsorbed by our earth and then kind of, you know, do what the, do what the earth does, right? Um, we don't have to, and again, communicating, we're not bringing this to drinking water quality. We don't have to do, the earth does that. You just can't put raw sewage 
someplace and, and hope that the earth will reclaim. We're, we're going to bring it back to, we're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fix what we broke. That's all we're doing. We're fixing what we broke and then bringing it back to that state. And then that cubic meter, that becomes the, the standard, um, you know, it's like an ounce of gold, right? You could, a cubic meter, ounce of gold, everyone knows what an ounce of gold costs or what's the price for a co cost of gold today. And that can be eventually digitized. But again, I say too much. No, no, no. It was perfect. Perfect and uh, well commented. So I believe I have one more clip and then we will go into the freestyle. So let's check it out. I think you kind of uh, mentioned something very interesting, uh, privatization of water. And I would like you to expand a little bit more from, because you mentioned about water being a decentralized resource, so it should be public goods, but then we talk about privatization of water. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, is that like, um, you know, conflict where we are going to get? How do you see this privatization actually preserving the decentralization value of of water as a um, natural resource that everybody should uh, be able to access. Okay, first of all, um, I believe strongly that the, so the source of virgin water should not be privatized. Um, we saw in England, for example, the United Kingdom privatized all the reservoirs, and they are a mess. They're a terrible mess because companies that took it over cut corners and they didn't spend properly. and. Uh, the UK right now is in a crisis. They shouldn't be. There's plenty of rain in the UK, but they have a crisis through bad water management. So I happen to believe that the water source, unless you're going to take it yourself from a well on your property, which you can always do, if you're going to get it from somewhere else, the government should provide it as a common good. What I'm talking about is the privatization of the treatment and recycling of water, right? Because 80% of all the sewage in the world is never treated at all all 80 percent now that's mostly in places like bangladesh but america is not perfect we have plenty of uh, rivers that are in trouble you know where poultry farms just dump uh, nitrates into the river and it creates algae and terrible problems in florida i won't go into them but you know we're not perfect so there's a need to take responsibility for the sewage because of pollution because of human health but also because we need to recycle our water here we have these droughts and yet we're not recycling that's ridiculous uh, america recycles only 1% of its water, whereas Israel recycles almost 90% of its water. Yeah. Well, I think that Israel's doing the right thing. Why aren't we doing it here? Centralization. The water infrastructure is, a, just like our energy infrastructure, is a single direction feed. It doesn't take back. There's no, there's no return flow. Very hard to do. It was never built that way. So it can only be done by private actors with their own water systems, taking responsibility for the water they polluted themselves. So it's privatization of water treatment. All right. So this is a very important thing that no longer, but for a long time, we were being criticized. Well, water's free. Why are you, why, you're like Nestle, you're privatizing water. It's like, so I'm like, no, fresh water should stay with the government. And in fact, privatizing government utilities, as I covered in this briefing, is a big mistake. And so we have the potential social justice factor of actually making business do its own water treatment. Okay, so the um, I re uh, I think I'm allowed to use the word retweet, but I, I re-xed your, Reposted. your post. Reposted. Reposted. I reposted. Okay, there you go. Now I'm, it's politically correct. 
um, I reposted your comment about about that um, that sabotage or, or that, that that hack. Right. Centralization is vulnerability, right? DARPA, and it, I guess it wasn't Al Gore; it was DARPA that developed the internet. The series um, of tubes. I'm sorry, I had to. I had to. Uh, but so what they did that was to have communication nodes that could operate independent of a massive communications blackout in a time of war or a time of emergency. The fact that and and look. Communication, we could we could argue, is slightly less important than something that you will die without in three days. The fact that we don't have that same node, you know, that separation in nodes, we have we now have the capability of creating that globally. Um, and as we as we move into the next phase of our life, we'll have the capital to implement it. The fact that this is only being done now astonishes me, but the fact that we're doing it first thrills me. I love it. Well, that is the commentary there, and I have no more clips. Now, before we move into the the wider uh, freelance thing, I just want to, there's there's some great comments that I just wanted to cover here. Water Woman is, is talking about World Water Tour of Solutions. Thank you. Next war is over the consciousness of water. That's so very true. Now, Linda asks, which one of you three wise men is bringing the blue gold present? That's a frankincense and myrrh and blue gold water. I like it. I like it. Very good, Linda. Um, and, uh, again, we should, uh, pair up with springaqua.com. Thank you for that quote. All right. Paul, uh, Paul Cairo has a question about the shares, which, which you have, and we have are the non-diluting. Um, let me cover that in a second. That's actually a very important topic. Well, I might as well do it right now. So here's the story. We issued a number of shares, um, that were free. The two parts. The first part is we issue what's called preferred shares. When these shares convert to common, they convert at the price then. So there's an automatic price correction, which is a form of anti-dilution, number one. Number two, for the last couple of years, we've been giving away shares uh, as part of investment, which had an anti-dilutive component. We had to uh, convert them, everything to common. Everything went to common as part of the merger. And we were we added a big gimme to make it worth the while of the investors. So right now, everybody's in common. Everybody is simply uh, sitting there with the shares that they have. And that is was the condition of doing the merger. But I think that we've done it. Ken, am I right that people are pretty happy with how the outcome was? Well, I, I've gone over the numbers with three people today, and we were all smiles and backslaps. So yeah, there was, a, there, was, there, 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 was, there, was, there was a lot of love in the room, as they say. Yeah, no, they're very happy. Look, um, even exercising the ability we've had uh, to kind of control the outcome to the extent that you can in a situation like this, we've had um, we've had we've had very good fortune um, and some good engineering on your part. You know, you you put your engineer's cap on your cap table engineer, um, and and we've been able to navigate through this. You know, with all these unknowables, the fact that we're able to create what we have. And put people in such a good position is is you know pretty impressive. So hats off to you. Um, and to you know be direct with Paul. Uh, Paul and I spoke uh, by phone just the other day. Uh, Paul, we can we can discuss. Uh, get on my calendar and we can we can go through particulars because everyone's situation is different. And I, I don't want to be overly general, but um, right now you're you're in you're going to be in common and. Uh, the fact that it did it at the price, as Riggs said, has its own kind of form of anti-dilution. 
Right. So um, I'm not going to get into the offerings because that is definitely for Ken to discuss. But um, there's some really interesting things going on. If you're an existing investor, you must talk with Ken. You must talk with Ken. OC.goal slash Ken is to to go ahead and uh, book the call. Important also to to mention that now that we are at a state where we know where we are, a lot of the unknowables are now knowable, right, Riggs? You and I went through the um, the uh, fairness opinion. There's data in there that is absolutely priceless. Who we've brought on um, as a PR firm, their ability to uh, affect the short-term, uh, our short-term future, that's now knowable. That's going to be, in, in, I mean, the data, I, I, was, I was wholly crapping you this morning. When I was like, "Holy crap! You you, you didn't I heard this? it through the so, wall." <laughs> what heard it? He heard it. Like, who so, is he talking so, to? So, um, can, if I can say it, it, it was not the crap, right? Um, but it was holy. You know, you know what? Um, you didn't tell me this. So, there's a combination of things that were unknowable or yet in the works that are now set, right? And and the, and the and and the series of events that are now in place allowed us to create this incredible strategy. So I encourage anybody who's got skin in this game, who's supported us to get in touch with me to uh, go through that strategy. And I will kind of take you through there. There's kind of a there's kind of two separate strategies on how we can do this. And I can give you some just general insight um, on on kind of what, what we hope to expect and when we hope to expect it and allow you to really, really fully immerse yourself in the opportunity to the greatest extent that you can. I don't yeah. know how many chances we'll have to do this again. So um, try to make the most of it. Now's I mean, the time. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've mentioned this before, Ken, and, and this is one of those things where, again, if you guys are are reaching out and, and getting on the calendar, you might be getting some communications that are a bit more urgent because it is more urgent, right? The time right. To, to get the, the best type of offering that we can, can give you. Well, it's not even about the offering. You need the intelligence. You need the strategy. Well, you need right. to. Inform. I'm, I'm just, just saying that this the same that way. Can. This the same way that Ken said, "Oh crap," is because you and I, AJ, we've been working on this this hotshot PR agency, which I'll talk about next week because there's no time left. Because that informs the whole strategy of getting to the Nasdaq. <laughs> By the way, that's why I you got yelled at today. I'm like, you you kept this from me? Are you serious? Right? Okay. There's well, a reason we hired them, Ken. No, but my my point is is that. Ken's calendar is fuller than ever right now. The the news about the the mergers come, you know, been out, the the announcements gone out, the the communication we are getting and the feedback we're getting is is incredible. The amount of people that want in on this now is incredible. Right. And so again, if you are if you are someone new to the game, uh there's you you lucked out because this is your your time would have been short or is short to get our our best kind of offering that we can offer with the best data that we can possibly give you to give you as as much certainty as we possibly can without being certain, right? I was about to say, a lot of this data needs to be discussed under NDA. 100%. We can talk talk in a general way. We can talk in a general way. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something because we're in the waning minutes of this briefing, something very, very important. Mm. (gasps) Yes, that's right. I forgot to mention that. Oh, I actually, I gave two people, I, I did let it slip. To what two is people. our ticker symbol? Well, NASDAQ came back to us today and they said that our, they've reserved WODI. That was very, that was very imaginative of them. 
<laughs> well, we How gave them they get they that from? to that. We gave them three choices, but anyway, that is um, we. It's the term we use all the time, and uh, obviously, all the disclaimers apply. That we're not saying there absolutely is going to be a merger. We believe there will be. Of course, we have a definitive agreement, etc. But Nasdaq has reserved the ticker symbol for us, so that's super exciting. Um, and so, you know, as we wrap this up, you know, Ken, you you were uh, dismayed a little bit because you were a bit behind the times because AJ and I have been in the back kitchen cooking. We've been cooking, 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 cooking. Yeah, but and you know what? I have to take, listen to me. I always have to test it before it comes out and is served. You didn't let me test taste it before it was served. What are you thinking? So well, Yes, but you know what, sir? But you cooked up something good, so you get a pass. Well, plus, you know, we, 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 have, we need to have tasters to find out if it's poison. That's what I'm here for. I, I have a cast iron stomach. I'm good. Um, so no, but look, guys, um, I was holy crapping. AJ walked next door. He goes, what happened? And I just looked at him. I'm like, you didn't tell me, you know, you so, um, so it's all good. And uh -huh. these are joy. The, the, this is joyful anger. Right. Self-righteous indignation. At the end of this uh, Zoom, please, you, there's a screen that comes up with a very discreet little uh, link. We're going to make it more obvious, but please click on the link to do the survey. I see there's a bunch of input from the uh, Stevan Davis, Community Time, Ken, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, guys make notes, but I just want to say that um, the model seems to be working out. I can tell you this. I had to be seriously self-censoring on all the news that I had for this briefing so that we could try this new thing. So I like this new thing. I think it's good. And the idea is so that these, these are self-shorts, right? It's a clip. And then we make these little um, uh, snappy, wise, brilliant, poetic comments. And then we're done. Only when you let me speak, though. Exactly. Well, you know, th I have flaws. And one of them is that I feel I should talk. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> but anyway. It's my blessing. Exactly. The point is that... Um, these are like self-creating shorts, which is what what our uh, Josh uh, Josh uh, our social media Maven wants us to do. So we're getting better at it. Thank you all. It's been great. Please fill out your Zoom survey. Contact Ken, um, and we're going. And Paul, by the way, the reason I asked the question about Antilution is because I believe that WOD may go places. Next week, I will cover the master strategy that we're going to work on with the PR agency. Why? Because next Wednesday is our first strategy meeting with this agency. And yes, can we be part of it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. After getting yelled at all day, I'm in the meeting, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and so it's going to be, we're going to do a, a kind of a reveal. I kind of, I know the strategy myself, I think, but it's going to be well-informed by the agency. And then we'll have a chance to talk about it. So be with us next week. It's getting more and more exciting by the day as we move towards the holidays. So again, thank you very much. We're moving into December. And uh, let's keep on keep on partying. I'm super excited. Good night. Take care, guys and gals. <laughs>